welcome to Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes. My name is Caitlin. My name is Tiffany. And per note from our friend Anna, she wants us to say up front what we what this podcast is. This is Peanut Butter and Jelly Shoes, by the way. Yes, welcome. Welcome well, to our show. And we just talk. What do we do? We talk about things from our childhood, and then we talk about whether or not we still like them, or if they've aged poorly. Correct. That's so that's it. it. That's all you need to know. You're you're up to speed. Welcome. We're happy that you're here. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, so, Tiffany, what did we watch and review from our childhoods today? Well, today we wanted to get into the holiday spirit, and uh, we watched a classic film from 1996 that I had never seen before. It's called Jingle All the Way. Yeah. We sure did. You, know. you sound really <laughs> broken up about it. <laughs> no, I just... It, Christmas movies are hard to review just because it's... it's You can't look at it objectively very well. There's so much nostalgia tied to it and just Christmasness. And also, I'm of the mind that there's so few actually good Christmas movies. Um, but we watched Jingle All the Way. <laughs> we did watch Jingle All the Way, yes. I don't have the filter of nostalgia um, coloring my view of this, though. So that could be potentially interesting because I've never seen it before. Did you grow up watching this one? Kind of. I, I did watch it as a child. And it's weird because I considered this movie to be the last Christmas movie of my childhood. Oh, wow. Which, because it came out, I was 11, 10, 11-ish when this came out. And so I remember seeing it when it came out. And then I think that was the last original Christmas movie I saw for years. And so then the next time I saw, like, a good Christmas movie was... I was well into high school or even college. Um, So, yes, this was the last one that I actually saw. I remember seeing that I thought of myself as a kid at the time. Um, Yeah, I think I was just a little too old for it. Because I was, what, like, 13 or 14 when this came out. And so this wasn't one that I was, like, clamoring to go see at the theaters. Because this was a little bit younger than me at the time. Yeah, you were definitely, you had hit that age where you're a little too cool for this kind of thing. I mean, I've always been too cool for Christmas (laughs) stuff. But, like, especially as an early teenager. Right. (laughs) Yes. So this one, I I actually have an interesting relationship with this one just because of that. And also, I have the opposite. You know, most people looking back at things that they saw as a kid have rose-colored glasses. And I, I have bad memories of watching this. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We did not discuss this when picking this movie, so I can't wait to hear. No, not bad. Like, I'm not not traumatic. Not, nothing like that. Oh. But I just remember not la- actively disliking it um, when I saw it. Oh, okay. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think now. Should we talk about the movie? Yeah, let's happens? do it. Okay. I mean, literally going into this movie, all I knew was that it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, and they were trying to get a toy um, that was, like, sold out because it was, like, the hottest toy of the season or whatever. And this was, like, predating Amazon and online shopping where you could just do stuff from home and you actively had to go in person to the stores with all the other crowds um, to try to get the toy. So that was all I knew. It was, like, he needed to get the toy, and it was hard to get the toy. That was it. That that's, was all I knew. But that's a pretty that's accurate – that's an accurate memory. Yeah. That's because that's what the movie essentially is. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, 
Yeah, so this is inspired by the Cabbage Patch craze of the 80s, from what I read. I did research, yeah. Um, that's not surprising at all, which is, that's fun, because I, I wrote a note, like, towards the end of the movie, um, about Cabbage Patch Kids specifically, so that's fun. Yeah, so, um, and it came out, it was inspired by Cabbage Patch, but it came out the same season that Tickle Me Elmo was really big. Oh my god, yeah. And if you're 100 years old, like Tiffany and I are, uh, you'll remember <laughs> that that was, that, that was the first one in living memory that I could think of. Where it was people punching each other out, trampling each other. I feel like people died trying to get this stupid Elmo doll that laughed when you tickled it. And then I think that the kids who got that probably played with it, like, obsessively for maybe a week tops and then would get over it, I'm imagining. That's what all these Christmas toys are. They're all, ugh. You can't do anything with it. I mean. No. It's, ugh, man, that's a whole other kettle of fish, though. <laughs> well, so the, the toy that they're trying to get in this in this movie universe is called Turbo Man, and he's an action figure based off of a character of the same name from a TV show that was kind of like, it looked kind of like the Power Rangers, like the bad guys that he were was fighting kind of looks like the bad guys from Power Rangers, as I recall. Um, but he's like a guy in like a big red and gold suit and he has a boomerang and he has like a pop pink saber tooth tiger companion and they just like fight bad guys and save the president's son and that's kind of all we know about turbo man he's just like cool as hell right they well the movie opens on like you're in the middle of watching an episode of this fictitious tv show um it's a very hard opening i was it was very jarring i thought yeah because it's it just opens with a shot of like you're in the middle of action and I don't know, it just, it, it looked ugly, but I think that's also part of the idea because those shows did look super ugly, um, the Power Rangers and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so. It was also the 90s. <laughs> this, so people just didn't care as much about aesthetic, perhaps. I guess. I mean, yeah, so we, yeah, so we opened the middle of Turbo Man episode and it was, I thought it was kind of delightful because it was just like this random kid is in the middle of a desert, um, who's getting kidnapped by a I don't know by a big guy oh like the the villain like kidnaps this kid who and the villain is this guy that has I can't remember his name it's like mega something not mega mind we look like mega mind um wasn't it just dementor dementor yes thank you yeah you're welcome god your memory is so good um thank you (laughs) you've got space in your brain reserved for these kind of details and I appreciate that well i mean it was basically like any episode of any kind of tv show like that like superhero comes in and rescues the kid happily ever after and it cuts to we find out who's watching it and it's arnold's child who's played um by the actor who i have no idea what his name is but he's little little baby anakin jake right jake lloyd is his name yeah did he do anything other than jingle all the way and anakin um i don't no, I mean, I, th- I think he's one of those kids that he got bullied so relentlessly um, because of his acting career that he just completely shunned acting after this. It's oh. actually kind of sad. I think he like kind of turned out a little goofy um, be- because he was treated like garbage. Child. Oh, he was super cute. Yeah, he had that sort of quality of he reminded me of a kid actor from like the 50s or 60s. Just the way he talked was very gee whiz. Um, yeah, so, I can see that. 
But yeah, so he's watching it, and he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Um, yeah, it's like, it's, what was, so yeah, so he's watching it, they're waiting for the dad to come home, um, because of, it's, there's a karate tournament, no, yeah, he, I don't it's even know how to describe it. It's not a karate this. tournament, it's a, I mean, we're getting, we're getting this set up pretty, pretty quick that, like, dad is very busy at work, work is his main focus, his wife and son kind of, he loved them, but they are not his priority, and we see the kid has been, like, let down a lot. And he's really hoping that his dad's going to make it to his karate class where I guess they're all, like, leveling up to get a new belt. And uh, his mom is like, don't worry, Howard. will be there. Howard is Arnold. He's like, Howard will be there. And then we cut to Howard working, 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 and then trying to rush to get to the karate tournament. And, of course, he misses it. He gets, like, he tries to sneak past in traffic and gets pulled over by a cop who turns out to be like a running gag throughout the movie but he misses the tournament and I do have a question about the karate class because I did not grow up doing karate but I know Caitlin is like an expert karate master no so I just wanted to know how similar that was to like an actual karate class did you get your new belts by breaking them out of blocks of wood that is I've never seen before that that doesn't mean it doesn't happen but the the actual belt ceremony different school okay so <laughs> get into it no most of my notes on this movie were the karate class but I'm gonna keep it as brief as humanly possible um, <laughs> so Jake Lloyd's character is shown to be for okay first of all the karate class it is a belt ceremony so which so it's not just a class like this is an actual thing that they do. And it's at a school gymnasium, and there's, like, a huge audience, like, as if they're going to see a Christmas pageant. Mm-hmm. And people have their cameras, and it's, like, this big class with dozens of people in it. And so I will say I have done – I did Taekwondo briefly, and it was a similar setup. There was nobody there to watch us, but it was, like, two dozen people of different levels, and we all, like, did a routine. So that was kind of similar. But the thing that bothered me was that Jake Lloyd has a yellow belt. Mm-hmm. And then he gets from yellow belt to purple belt. That's not right. You don't Oh, see, so this is something I have no working knowledge of. <laughs> no, so I was like, why is he a purple belt? Because, okay, different schools have different... It's There's no hard set thing. Like, you... it Whatever. Your belt colors vary from school to school. But you never go from yellow belt to purple belt. That's obscene. Like, he's, he should have been getting an orange belt. I'm sorry. He should have been getting an orange belt. That's okay. kind of a universal. Like, you start at white, you end on black. Everything, That's all I know. Yeah, it's definitely always goes yellow, white, then yellow, then orange. And then everything between that and black is a little wiggly, wobbly. Like, But, I mean, I know I did yellow to orange to green to blue, to purple, to brown, to black, um, with, like, sub-things in between. Uh, yeah, so that bothered me, and I actually got on and I researched different schools of karate, and, um... <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did, but then, and there's also, but the other thing that was, was realistic in the class is you had other belt colors in there, too. It wasn't just all yellow belts, and they were graduating to different colors as well. So I was like, okay, that's actually real, because it's not... You know, you might only have one or two yellow belts in your class, um, so you don't do just all yellow belts. Anyway, that's enough on that. <laughs> I just, 
I just love how passionate you are about this. And I love that, like, the the text exchange we had before um, doing the podcast, you were like, I have so many thoughts about karate class. I could not wait to hear what they were. Right? But also, why was it at a gym? Why was it at a school? Like, it should have been at the... Whatever. I mean, that's just what they could rent for the day. I get it. But um, anyway, I had a lot of thoughts, and I'm not going to tell you 90% of them, because, you know, in the interest of time. So. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I did think it was really funny. Like, we all knew that he was going to miss the class, and then, like, so his kids really butthurt about it, and he's pouting in his room, and and his his wife, played by Rita Wilson, um, shout out to Rita, what's up? Um, <laughs> she's like, he gets home, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. And she's like, you don't have to explain it to me, you have to explain it to Jamie, which is, like, such a mom thing to say. And then uh, I, there was this scene, which I just loved, because I just really loved seeing Arnold, like, not in action movie mode, mm-hmm. where he's just, like, acting, and uh, the scene where he's, like, trying to dad, I just found so charming. Like, he goes upstairs, and he's trying to, like, connect with his son and it's just not going well and he's talking about the belt and like I'm sorry I missed your class like how do you even wear the belt and he ties it on his head like a silly dad and uh I thought it was so funny because it was very typical child behavior when he's just so mad he can't really express it yet because he's still young and he was just like dad purple was really important to me and you missed it and I thought that was like the funniest line because he was like purple's one after blue and three before this and like so he was naming off the colors and why that one specifically was very important to him i thought it was very funny and then arnold decides to do what like any normal parent does and he's like i'm gonna try to win my kid's affection back by offering to buy his love and he's like what do you want for christmas anything you want i'll get it for you and jamie lights up and starts talking about turbo man and arnold doesn't realize how you know, popular this toy is, and he's just making this blind promise of, yeah, I'll get you this toy. Well, that's the setup for the movie right there. Well, but then the funny thing is, is that it is implied, also hilariously accurate, I think, to a married couple, is that Rita Wilson, um, who's, you know, Arnold's wife in this, says, like, oh, we had a conversation about this. You told me that you got it weeks ago, or did I, did I make that up? No, she, she did say that. So he's been told this once before and forgot about it. Yeah, which that is, that tracks. Um. Yeah, and I did think it was funny the next morning is Christmas Eve and he's like setting off to get the doll. His son is concerned because there's a big Christmas parade that he wants him to be at that he's never made it to before. And he turns to his wife and he's like, I have to go to the office to pick up the D-O-L-L that I left there. And I'm like, this kid has to be able to spell. He has to know that his dad just spelled the word doll. He's not an infant. Like, he's he's talking in complete sentences, and he's apparently, like, a very accomplished artist. I don't know if you noticed the picture he was drawing of his family, uh. but it looks like a friggin' caricature artist drawing. So, like, he can... I'm sure he can spell. That bothered me. Yeah, no, that, that's another thing that... Uh, it's a little pet peeve of mine in movies where it's supposed to be a kid's drawing... And they clearly just get an adult who draws in very simple outlines. But that's harder to do than just drawing a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, somehow this kid managed to capture the essence of Arnold Schwarzenegger in three or four dots and lines. That's much more difficult to do. Um, Yeah, so it's very clearly like a professional artist was brought on to told, try to look like you're a kid. Um, That's not how it works. No, so we're supposed to believe he's an accomplished artist but can't spell the word doll. 
Maybe that does not add up. Maybe you know some of the smartest people I know are really bad spellers. So who knows? Don't defend Jamie in this situation. <laughs> it is a four-letter word with three letters total. I'm sure you can figure it out. Yeah, that's that's fair. But yeah. yes, but he goes to get this doll on Christmas Eve, which also which also felt it rang very true because I can't tell you how many times like my dad has texted my sister and I on December 23rd be like what should I get your mom for Christmas and you're just like really (laughs) yeah that's that's general dad behavior I've experienced that too it's it's so funny to me that it's you know every year it's every year every same day every year and I get people are busy and I thought they did a good job of showing that Arnold Schwarzenegger Arnold Schwarzenegger's character he wasn't just being a neglectful dad I mean he was but he's legitimately busy. Like, when we saw him at his office, it was their Christmas party. Uh-huh. And he's the only one still working, not because he's just trying to avoid people, but he actually has all these calls coming in. He actually has all the shit to sign. And, like, he's legitimately has a ton of work to do. Yeah, I mean, he, he isn't being neglectful because he's an asshole, but, like, he's working really hard. They have a very nice house. They have a lot of stuff. So, like, obviously he's doing his best to be the breadwinner, but he do- it doesn't afford him a lot of time to spend with his family, I guess. Yeah, but he goes out to get this, this Turbo Man doll, and he's been so negligent that he doesn't realize, you know, like you said, that this is the hot toy of the year. Um, and this is kind of where the movie, like, just really kicks into an insane gear um yeah it's where we meet sinbad for the first time which whatever happened to sinbad by the way um you know he's just he's probably just resting on his residuals from jingle all the way i mean i don't blame him yeah Um, i guess i probably would do that too i haven't seen it the last time i remember seeing him was in it's always sunny but, oh, I quit watching that, so I haven't seen him since I can't remember when. I mean, he was only in one episode, and it was like six or seven years ago. But I hope he's all right. I hope he is, too. He was really... I don't think people... Younger people don't realize Sinbad was huge in the 90s. He was like... Sinbad was a really big deal. He was a really... He was like one of those like top ten celebrities for a couple years there. Like, he was in so many movies and TV. Like, he was probably one of the most popular comics of the era. Yeah. Well, and and I just felt like, you know, this maybe is a point to bring up at the end of the movie, but like, especially this first introduction scene with Sinbad, like, he is acting so hard. Like, he is going for it like swinging for the fences and every single scene he's in it's ridiculous and I love it and I just felt like he was having the best time of his life making this movie <laughs> so so he plays a so so Arnold gets to a toy store where he hears they might have a turbo man and um they're waiting in line to get in and Sinbad is also waiting in line to get a doll for his kid uh-huh. he's and a mailman he's a mailman named Myron yeah and which I don't know why I love that name so much. Um, so he just starts talking at Arnold Schwarzenegger, like griping about this and like. But apparently, I read he improvised almost like this entire thing. I'm not surprised by that. He hit me with one line I wrote down that I laughed at very hard because I feel like it immediately cemented I knew who this character was because I feel like we've all met someone who's like this. He's just like spouting out conspiracy theories. 
um, and, and just talking in circles and being like really crazy. And then he just blurts out like, I went to junior college and I took a class. So like, I'm right in there. So he just felt like very informed after the one class that he took to make, you know, his opinion known about everything. And I'm like, we all know that person. We've all met that person and had a conversation with them for sure. Absolutely. And just Arnold says nothing. He's not even looking at him. He's talking at the back of Arnold's head. And I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, I've been in line next to that person. I've sat next to that person on a plane before. Like, it oh, felt... Oh God, I'm glad you survived. You're a nightmare, people. <laughs> but it's funny, because I wrote down, and I thought this was actually a good example of all of the characters so far that we've met in this movie, pretty much, are unlikable characters, but they, they're watchable. They, they did a really good job of, like, having a whole cast of, like of unlikable characters but like they all have a quality that makes you want to watch them Sinbad is just he's like if you knew that guy in real life you would probably hate him but he's funny and he's quick-witted and he's just like so watchable and then Arnold just in line he's yelling at the person I I got so annoyed because he's trying to get into the store it opens at nine o'clock it's 8 58 and the guy's like sorry we don't open till nine and Arnold's screaming through the glass window at the guy, like, oh, come on, you like can't wait two minutes early? Like, come on, whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've dealt with that same customer a thousand times. But it's Arnold, so it's you like him, and just him snarling at these random retail workers is funny. Well, I think I have a theory about it, and it'll come into play when we talk about... We've neglected to mention <laughs> Phil Hartman in this movie so far. Phil Hartman plays... What's his name? Ted? Ted. He's, like, the next-door neighbor. He's apparently, like, the neighborhood Lothario. He's, like, super creepy and inappropriate with all of the moms of the neighborhood. But, like, they seem to like it, and they're into it, and they're, like, talking to him about, oh, remember when you came over and helped me, like, clean out the rain gutters? Or, like, very sexual, like, overtone stuff. And it, I think what works is that pretty much all of the people we've named that have these big unlikable personalities in the movie are playing so against type that it's funny to watch because I don't know Phil Hartman, but he did not strike me as the type of person when he was alive that was like a lecherous asshole. Like he seems like a nice, jolly, you know, cool guy and he's playing so against type and Arnold, you know, we're used to seeing in like the action roles. He was clearly cast in this movie just for the end sequence Um, So it's funny to see him just playing, like, a suburban, hapless dad. And it's fun to see Sinbad playing, like, this raving lunatic mailman. So I feel like they're all just kind of playing against type. And so they're really having a lot of fun with it. And so I think because they're having fun with it, it makes it more enjoyable for us to watch. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, they're all very likable actors. And they're all really, even though it's, like, a kid's Christmas movie called Jingle All the Way, you can tell they're all putting in their best effort. Yeah, Phil oh, Hartman is God, like, yeah. I could just write a thesis just on Phil Hartman and his character. It's amazing. It's so... Yeah, he's such a creep. Like, every time he was on screen, like, it made my skin crawl. He's such a slime. And he does it in the way that, like, comes across as... Um, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he's doing all these broad gestures that on the surface should be really nice. Like, oh, my neighbor's really busy. I'm going to help, you know, hang the Christmas lights. Or, oh, 
you know, I want my kid to be happy, so I'm renting a reindeer for him to play with. But there's all these undertones of, like, ulterior motives for why he's doing all of these surface-level nice things, and it's just so creepy. It is creepy, but I think the way that they sell it successfully is that it's not just him preying on all of these women in the neighborhood. It's, if anything, it's almost the opposite because all of the wives in the neighborhood are obsessed with him and clearly, like, jerk off to him at night. Like, yeah, they're, they're into it. They're into sure. it. They're just like, oh, Ted, I need you to come over. Oh, Ted, I need you to come over. And the only one that is not interested in him is Rita Wilson. Yeah. And it's... So it, it doesn't come across as creepy because it's a very mutual, weird sex thing with all the ladies. <laughs> It's so, just so bizarre. But the re- but, but, yeah, but Phil Hartman, it's like the the one woman who is not obsessed with him is Rita Wilson. And I appreciate that fact about her. She's not an idiot. Like, she's not like, oh, he's just going to come over and help with the kids. Like, from the moment that they're together, you can tell she's just kind of like rolling her eyes at him. Yeah. Not in a way that's like, I'm afraid of him. But it's like she, you can tell right away she doesn't she doesn't fully trust this guy. Like she trusts him enough to be like, eh, whatever. He's probably harmless, but also like he's a weirdo. Yeah, yeah. He does um, have a part in a very famous scene. Like again, I hadn't seen this movie, but I knew there was there were like a couple lines that I was familiar with, and he's part of um, the one that I was most familiar with, but like could never put into context. Uh, where he shows up, Phil Hartman shows up at the house while Arnold is out trying to get the toy, and he's helping um, Rita bake Christmas cookies and stuff, and Arnold called home. He picks up the phone and is just, like, really laying it on thick about, like, oh, your wife's not available. I think she's in the shower. I can go check. I'm eating her cookies and blah, blah, blah. And then Arnold blurts out, should I try to do my impression? Everyone has an Arnold impression. Mine is not good, but I can try. Most people's aren't good, so I think you're in good company. Okay, so he's on the phone, and um, Phil Hartman's talking about the cookies, and then Arnold just, like, gets really over the conversation, and he's just like, put the cookie down! And he gets so mad about it. And I laughed so hard when I finally got to hear that line, like, where it was meant to be heard. Because I'd heard it before, but, like, out of context, and I never understood it. Yeah. I felt, felt, um, full circle seeing it. Oh, God, yeah, he, I... You can tell that that was a line that was 100% written just because it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, wouldn't it be funny if, in his accent, he said this? And he also said, um, who told you you could eat my cookies? Um, (laughs) And he says it with such, like, forced passion. It just makes it ten times funnier. Um, Oh, it's incredible. And this is, that was the scene also where I knew that this was written by a man, this movie. Because Rita will, it's the middle of the day on Christmas Eve. It's probably, I don't know, one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Rita Wilson is like fully dressed, made up, hair done. And Phil Hartman just goes, why don't you take a shower? And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll go take a shower. And I'm like, who does that? Like, she probably spent an hour and a half getting ready. And like, At least. She and, blew out her hair for sure. Oh, yeah. She was fully made up. And it's just like, no, like they're just thinking, oh, yeah, shower is relaxing. And then she'll just dry her hair off and she'll be all fine. It's like, no, that's like you've just started a two hour long process of, of re-getting ready. Like that is such bullshit. I was like, there's no way. There's no way you would just take a shower in the middle of the day if you were like a mom running around still trying to like watch your kid. 
No, but I mean, I think men really do know what women want. And most of the time when we're stressed, we just want a good shower. That's it. <laughs> do I, though? <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, it's like, that's not a... I know dudes that'll just, like, take a shower to, like... Yeah, like... No, I, I dated a guy for a while who always would shower, like, two or three times a day. Well, that's weird. Right, and he would always be, like... And, and we were on a date, and I was like, it's funny, you always say, like, oh, I have to shower. And he goes, wait, you don't shower after work? And wait, I'm like... what is... What was his... Did he work in, the like, the fields or construction or <laughs> no, something? No, he just had, like, an office job, as did I. And he was like, huh. wait, you don't... So he's like... So he was actually grossed out. He was like, so you don't shower before our dates? And I go, I showered this morning. I came here from work, and I just sit at a desk all day. And he was like, but, like, you don't like to feel refreshed? And I was like, do you, like, no, they don't, they can't comprehend. Like, no, you don't, no. You don't just shower multiple times a day because you, like, on a whim feel like it. Like, it takes my, at most, it would have made sense if he was like, do you want to relax? Go take a bubble bath. Which still would not be really realistic on Christmas Eve in the middle of the day, but that's more realistic as a way of relaxation for a mom than a shower. Right, because then at least you could put your hair up and you don't have to worry about getting your hair wet. Yeah. It takes an hour an hour and a half for my hair to just dry on its own, so yeah. Um, that bothered me, but that's so stupid. <laughs> it's a very long tangent about showers, but I hear you. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so while... while uh, uh, Phil Hartman is creeping on Rita Wilson. Uh, Arnold's been out all day trying to find this toy, and his search for this toy gets just increasingly more and more chaotic. Yeah, he he runs into the his buddy the cop again. This time he like knocks over his uh, motorcycle, and the cop gets upset, saying, "You broke my little mirror." Um, and then he ends up going to the Mall of America, which I remember as a child, we went there, like, as a family. And it was, like, very weird that that was a family trip we did. But, like, we had family that lived in Minnesota, so it wasn't like we just went to Minnesota for the mall. But I remember it had, like, just kind of opened, and it was, like, this big thing going to see the giant mall, which, like, I remember absolutely nothing about at all. <laughs> I'm glad you recognized it as Mall of America, because I have I had no idea. That's- yeah. But that's a real destination, apparently. It is. I mean, they have, like, a little roller coaster inside of it, I think. Like, a, a Snoopy one, like, from Knott's Berry Farm or something. I don't know. Or at least they did when I was a child. Or maybe I made it up and it was just a fevered dream. But <laughs> he's at the Mall of America because there's a new store that has some dolls and they're going to do, like, a raffle for it. And so everybody that's in line gets, like, a ball and then they're, they're going to draw the numbers out. And then hilarity ensues when the balls just, like, people are overrunning the people handing them out. And so they all just go flying into the air. And, and there's no real universe where Arnold does not catch one of these balls easily. But in this movie, he can't get a hold on one. And like, we have this scene where he's like chasing it after the mall, this bouncy ball that is the bounciest ball that's ever been a bouncy ball. Cause it won't stop moving until it lands in the lap of this child who I for a good while thought was a boy. And it turned out it was a girl with like a weird haircut and so then he's, like, chasing this little girl through um, playground equipment. And it was very funny because he's too big for it. But he was still chasing her through it. Yeah. <laughs> and this kid, yeah. this Yeah, she's, like, this little girl's in a stroller. And she is very wicked. She, like, knows that he's after this ball. And she, like, willfully runs from him with, like, a smirk on her face. 
And then he ends up crawling through the whole playground equipment, going down a slide, landing in a ball pit, which is funny because he's looking for a ball, so now there's a thousand balls. Um, yes. And then the little girl's still holding onto the ball, puts it in her... He's like, oh, little girl, I'll trade you a ball for another ball. And she pops the other ball in her mouth. <laughs> I was just waiting for her to do that, man. Kids are fucking gross. Gross, but also just like... There is a hint of evilness in her eye. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, like, he tries to get it out of her mouth, so all the moms, like, descend on him, calling him a pervert. He's like, I am not a pervert. <laughs> that made me laugh, too. <laughs> and then he, so he misses that opportunity, and then he runs into, like, a, I don't even know what the right adjective I'm looking for, like, a disillusioned Santa Claus, I guess, and his elf companion. And it wasn't, it was uh, Jim Belushi, right? Yeah. It was Jim Belushi, and then the elf was, um, oh God, the guy, but he was from Seinfeld. He was, uh, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Anyway, so yeah, so, but it's the, you recognize him from Seinfeld, at least I did. Um, Yeah. But, so then there's, like, this weird Santa interlude, which I didn't really enjoy that much, if I'm being completely transparent. Like, yeah. the, the elf is basically like, look, we have a, here's a picture of me holding a Turbo Man. We have it. Come with us, and you can get this doll. And so then it turns into this scene where Arnold follows them to this big factory that I guess is, like, this black market underground, like, toy smuggler kind of business where, like, all the mall Santas and their elves are hanging out. And there's, like, Mrs. Claus is counting money. And so then it made me think, like, are they also drug dealers? I'm not sure. Um, and then they give him a wrapped box, and they're, like, $300. And my alarm bells are going off, like, don't pay it without opening the box, you dummy. But he does. He hands over the money and then opens the box as they're frantically telling him not to. And, of course, he's been ripped off. It's, like, a Spanish-language Turbo Man, and the parts are broken. Um, and he tries to get his money back. They won't give it to him. And then, like, the cops bust in and start, like, raiding the place. And Arnold sees, like, a toy badge, a toy cop badge that he picks up. And then he, like, joins the fray as a, he says he's, like, an undercover cop. And he gives his real name, (laughs) which I thought was, he was like, I'm Howard Langdon, an undercover cop. This is such a sloppy bust, whatever. So he's able to get out of there. And I'm like, that's a huge, that's a felony, isn't it? Like, impersonating a cop. And you're giving your own name, so they're easily going to be able to find you once all the dust settles. Right? You're right. No, I I kept a running tally of all of the crimes that Arnold Schwarzenegger commits over the course of this one Christmas Eve. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to see It's a lot. But yeah, that is on the list. Impersonating an officer. That is uh, very frowned upon (laughs) and very illegal. It was just like a very long scene that resulted in like, nothing he didn't get the doll it was just another you know fail at him failed attempt at him getting this doll yeah that whole yeah i agree with you that was my least favorite sequence that one felt the most hacky writer there's just it opens so many questions like this is a secret thing that they're all doing and it's on christmas eve so wouldn't all these santas be working and if it is a secret thing that they're just doing amongst themselves, why are they all wearing their Santa outfits there? Like, there's yeah. no reason for it. They're just amongst themselves. Like, oh, I have to go work in the illegal black market factory warehouse making toys 
on Christmas Eve. And half of the shit that they were making was just, like, random stuffed animals. Like, not even... Like, I don't... So, it's like, you've got the skills to sew and create clothes and, and, and toys fast. I don't know. Just the whole thing. Just I, I remember, like, just... Next time I watch this movie, I'm going to fast forward through this part. Yeah, it was my least favorite part. I got to mm. be honest with you. Um, there was no real good payoff. There were no real good jokes. It just kind of felt like an extra 10 minutes that they... I don't know. It was like someone was friends with Jim Belushi, and he was like, I'll play Santa Claus, and then so they like, tried to write him in, and it just... For me, it didn't work. It felt kind of weird. Um, yeah, it but, f- yeah, it felt the so, most like shoehorned in. Like, Wouldn't it be funny if a bunch of Santas are fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger? And like... It, that's the whole point of the scene. Although we did get a Vern Troyer cameo. So that was... Oh, yeah. I thought that that might have been him. Yeah, I, I double-checked, but yeah, that was definitely... Vern, Vern Troyer is one of the Santas. He's the little Santa that gets punched out. the one out. that gets punched across the room? Yeah, that's that's when the... This is when the movie goes from heightened reality to full-on, like, just, all right, calm down, guys. Like... <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, and it might startle you, you can keep trying to guess and I'll let you know, but throughout this entire movie, I was able to have my um, beliefs suspended. Like, I was into all of it. I bought absolutely everything without question until one moment where I was like, well, now this is too far for me. And it's probably way later than you, uh, that I'm proud of admitting, but I'm going to. So I was still like buying into like, sure, okay, I guess all this is happening and that's fine. Is this the scene in the radio station? No. That I was even fine with, which let's let's tuck into that one. <laughs> so he gets he gets very dejected um, after he misses out on getting the doll again and um, he ends up at a little diner and turns out Myron is at this diner too. He he calls home to try to like talk to his wife and she's um, still hanging out with Phil. And he gets kind of into an argument with his son on the phone. And uh, it ends with, like, Jamie hanging up on him and telling him, like, he sucks, basically. And then he gets really dejected. And he starts drinking coffee with, I don't know, maybe it was whiskey that Myron handed him, poured into it. And they're talking about their, um, you know, childhoods. And, and Arnold is saying, well, it's just a toy. It's not that big a deal. And then Sinbad goes on talking about, well, I didn't get this one toy, which sounded cool as hell, by the way. It was like this um, this toy gun that was really seven guns as a kid. He didn't get it. And he's like, I never forgave my dad, which seems like very dark. Um, so then they, they hear over the radio, just some local radio station saying, whoever's the first caller that correctly identify, identifies the reindeer gets a Turbo Man. So then Arnold starts reciting the names of the reindeer. He runs and he he gets into the payphone, which really dates this movie. And he like tries to call in, and Sinbad ends up like yanking the phone out of the wall. And then they're very mad. They're fighting with each other. And the diner owner is like, you know, the radio station's two blocks from here. You can just go there. So they start running to the radio station to try to like give the answer in person, which is not how radio contests work. And also, someone for sure would have called in with the correct answer in the time it took them to get there, I think. I think, right? I, yes, I, I yes. The, the question was so easy. Name all of Santa's eight reindeer, I guess. Fuck off Rudolph, I suppose. Um, yeah. But I thought, I was like, oh, that's so easy. But then I've listened to radio calling contests, and, and then I was like, maybe I'm giving humanity too much credit, because I've... 
I've heard some of the dumbest human beings on the planet call in and try to give answers to things on these. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know what? I kind of believe that there's enough people that are dumb enough to, to not know this. Um, yeah, that, no, that scene, the thing that bothered me, okay, another crime Arnold commits here is he technically kidnaps this man. Um, it's, oh, it's, it's your, it's one of your favorites, plays the radio DJ. It's Martin Mole. I saw his name in the credits, and the whole time I was waiting, where is he going to be? Where is he going to be? And then when he showed up, I was not disappointed. And do you think that was a real ponytail? Absolutely not. Oh, too bad. Too bad. <laughs> but think- yeah, I was so tickled when I saw him on screen. I was like, oh, yay. It's Martin. You love him. I do. And yeah, so he, so Arnold, like, bursts into the office, strangling the guy, like, he's trying, like, in his, in his adorable accent, like, like, Dasha Denza, Pranta, Vixen, Comet, Kimberdana, Blitzen. And he's just screaming it at Martin Mole, who's terrified, rightfully so. Yeah. And, and he's like, give me the toy, give me the toy. And, um, and then Sinbad follows up, and yeah, they, they, with, they keep this man locked in his office until he gives him the toy, which I believe legally is considered kidnapping. Um, yes. Yeah, so there's that, but um, we find out. He doesn't actually have Turbo Man there. It's a certificate to get a Turbo Man eventually. Yeah, that is fucked up, that fine print. Yeah, man. Gotta be careful, man. People are slimy. Can we circle back really quickly to my favorite, uh, actual favorite line of the movie is when they're running from the diner to the radio station. They're, like, fighting each other and kind of knocking each other over. And this has been, by all accounts, a shitty day for <laughs> Right? Like, he's been trampled. Like, that little girl stole his ball. He got into an argument with his son. He can't find this toy. He's, like, frantic. And so he's, like, sprinting to the radio station. And he turns around over his shoulder to Myron. And he goes, I'm having a good time. Bye. Like, as he's running. And I thought that was, like, the biggest non sequitur I've ever seen in a movie. Because he's not having a good time. He's having a very bad day. So I don't know why he felt the need to make to make that up and say that. But it killed me. I thought it was so funny. I think it was just because in that moment he was so genuinely convinced he was finally, like, had reached the end of his goal that he was getting that Turbo Man and that he says that when he gets a lead from from Myron. Um, yeah. Like, he's like, oh my god, like, all of this hard work I've put into the day today is finally gonna pay it off. I'm so happy. And I get to run, like, it's an action scene because I'm Arnold. Um, so funny. It was, it was delightful. You're right. It was a total non sequitur. Um, and, and so they're in the radio station. They're so pissed at Martin Mull. And uh, Sinbad pulls out this tiny package. And at this point, he is just, like, dripping sweat, Myron. <laughs> he is like, you could wring him out and fill a bucket how much <laughs> he's actively sweating. It was disgusting. But he, I think you must be, like you said earlier, I feel like he was still ad-libbing a lot of this stuff because some of the stuff he was saying was so funny. He has this little package, and he throws it at him, and he's like, this is a bomb, like, and Arnold's like, you brought a bomb? And he's talking about, no, don't you watch the news? Like, people are crazy. They're mailing bombs everywhere. And so this package ends up getting dropped, and it turns out it's not a bomb. It's just a little music box. And Arnold gets very mad and, like, turns to hit him. And he's like, don't hit me. I have sickle cell. Like, you can't hit me. <laughs> it's just very funny. I missed and that line. It was so funny. 
Maddie, it had to have been an ad lib. Like, I don't think the, no offense to the people who wrote this, I don't think they would have put something like that in there. He just had so many little asides. Like, when they were getting trampled at the Mall of America, he just starts shouting out, Rodney King, Rodney King. And again, I'm like, <laughs> I think that was him ad libbing because that was funny as hell. Yeah. Um, so he throws this fake bomb. Um, then the police show up because Martin Mull had called them before they broke in and kidnapped him. So they turn to flee and run. And they're in, like, this hallway of the, of the place. And then, you know, Sinbad decides to try it again. And he takes out another package and he throws it at, at the cops. And he's like, it's a bomb. It's a bomb. And uh, Arnold manages to run off. And then what happened? Um, were we talking about? Oh, because he, he was obviously since the last time it was just a music box. We're mm-hmm. lulled into a false sense of security that, oh, he just grabbed another random box. And this is all a big mm-hmm. ruse. Um, the same cop that Arnold has had multiple, um, run-ins with mm-hmm. is there, and he goes, oh, guys, he's like, I was on the bomb squad, and he just kind of sniffs the package and shakes it a little, and he goes, don't worry, it's not a bomb, and then Arnold's leaving the building, and then you see this booming, big explosion. <laughs> a massive explosion, like fireball through the window explosion. And when it cuts back to them, it's like the classic cartoon where the cop that was holding the package just has like soot on his face. Right. I thought I had just seen a man die. And I thought we'd seen a hallway full of men die. Yeah. I mean, that was, what's the point of a mail bomb if it just like spits dust in your face? It was, it was, that was so cartoonish. It was, I mean, everything is cartoonish about this movie, but that was, like, actually, like you said, pulled straight from Elmer Fudd, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, it was yeah, insane. Sinbad manages to escape somehow, even though there's all these cops around, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, no, that is not the part that was too unbelievable for me. I was still invested in this is a real world, and I believe everything that's happening is acceptable. So then they go, after this, Arnold goes back to his, oh, he, he goes, what does he do? He remembers from the phone call. He's just going to go home at this point. He's like, there's nothing I can do. So he's, he, he makes his way home with the tow truck because his car has been destroyed. And as he gets out of the tow truck in front of his house, he sees Phil Hartman's character inside of his own home, helping his wife decorate the tree. Now, what Arnold doesn't see is inside the house, his wife is like, this is not your job. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. This is what my husband does. But from where Arnold stands, it looks like he's being kind of replaced. And he gets very upset. And he has this memory where um, Phil Hartman's character had told him he'd purchased the toy for his kid ages ago. And it's been sitting under the tree. So he gets it in his head. Well, I'm just going to go next door and steal his kid's Christmas present. <laughs> Which is like, I mean... That was illogical, like, in that moment. I was like, yeah, that seems like something that would cross my mind. <laughs> but he, yeah. actually, he actually breaks into the house. Yep. And goes and he finds the Turbo Man doll, shakes it, it makes noise. Like, Great, that's it. And did, did you mention... Oh, no, I think you did mention that earlier. In order to impress his son and all, like, the, the horny ladies in the neighborhood, Phil Hartman had rented a reindeer for the day. Yes. That was just running loose in the yard, the unfenced-in yard, apparently. Mm-hmm. And so um, it follows Arnold into the house and chases him through the house, of course. Of course. Madcap insanity ensues. Like, he's got the three wise men. 
one of the heads falls off because it's hit by the reindeer. It rolls into the fireplace. Uh, then it explodes out of the fireplace into a group of carolers who are singing at an empty house for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Have you ever seen carolers in real life? Like I have never seen a caroler in the wild, no. <laughs> <laughs> in the wild like they're just hunting in the forest and, and well i mean they move in packs so they could i mean that's true you're good <laughs> i just like the idea that there's like a bunch of dickensian people just like skulking through the forest and they only come out in winter um god i know a guy who like do you know that that place tamo shanters yeah that restaurant that he like is a genuine like christmas caroler like i worked with him for years and then I found out that, like, every Christmas, he, like, fully does, like, the dress-up as the, like, Dickensian Christmas caroler and works at this restaurant. And it, like, shook me. <laughs> I was like, I did not know that this was a thing. And I certainly did not know this was a thing that you did. It was very weird. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I know what's, I've seen it at, like you said, like, a restaurant. I've seen it at, say, it's Christmas time at Universal Studios. I've seen these people. Um, but just out in the wild, as you said, like on the street going to houses. No, but you know what? I'm for it. I would, I would be delighted if like 45 people dressed like it's 1842 showed up at my doorstep and just sung at me awkwardly. Um, maybe it's the Midwestern thing. Like maybe that's the thing that people do in Minnesota because they don't have other stuff going on. I can, I can check in touch base with some relatives and see if that's a thing. Yeah, it does feel like something that, because I mean, we're we're coastal kids. I've never like not lived on a coast, and um, the people are a little more hard boiled. Like I can't imagine someone doing that, you know, in Boston or Florida or you know whatever. Um, yeah. Or L.A. Like I feel like you'd get shot if you did that in L.A. Well, there's just no real good setting in LA because I feel like most of it or like a big chunk of the appeal is like the ambiance of the snow falling or like whatever and we don't have that here yeah exactly and and even in places I've lived that do have snowfall it's um people that are like they would just you know northeastern people that would be like fuck you if like somebody came onto their lawn and was like singing we wish you a merry Christmas yeah um yeah so so these these, so the flaming head of one of the so uh, yeah Arnold's being chased. Accidentally, Wait, I think we talk about how he accidentally set the house on fire. Um, yeah, he set the, he set the the guy on fire, and then the fire starts spreading. The smoke alarm goes off. The yeah. head gets kicked out of the front like living room window into the carolers, and they run they they run amok in different directions, screaming. They scatter like scared beasts. And, yeah. Um, but that was another line I really liked. Phil Hartman runs up after seeing this chaos coming out of his own house, and he just picks up this melted head of a wise man, and he just goes, Balthazar. Like, I cackled. It was so funny. He sounded so genuinely horrified that Balthazar has burned. Um, yeah, and then so they look up, He, Ted and Liz look up, and they see Arnold there, and he's like, I can explain, as he's holding the package, and like the burning wreckage of Ted's house is behind him. And he goes, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. It is. Um, no, but 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 part of the reason. Oh no, he didn't. He he. Arnold made it out of the house scot free with the toy, 
And then he had a change of heart and he decided he wanted to return the gift under the tree. He goes, I'm stealing from a child. What's wrong with me? And so that's when all the... So it was a little like he was actually... He was actually returning the toy. Um, So he... I don't know. He had a... Like, but I mean, it, it is exactly what it looked like. He had the toy in his hand for whatever reason and that he started the house fire. <laughs> like, I do feel a little cheated that we weren't um, given the scene where he tries to explain it away because I think that would have been funny. So but then at this point, Rita Wilson sees this and she's fed up with him and then she's going to go take their sons to the parade and she's going to go with Ted, a.k.a. Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And meanwhile, that Arthur... Arthur, Jesus. Arnold <laughs> is just dejected sitting on the patio with the reindeer and just feeding. Yeah, they're, getting drunk they're getting drunk. He's just pouring a six pack into, for no reason, into the, the reindeer's slop bucket or whatever. Um, animal yeah. abuse. But you know what? I gotta be honest with you. Um, I would watch a spin off sitcom of Arnold and a reindeer, just like roommates. Has I Arnold, would watch that. Has Arnold sure. ever played Santa? I don't think so. Oh my god, I feel like that's just that's just money. I would watch right. that. Oh my god, Arnold, play Santa, please. Um I would I would watch. Yeah, yes. that, that'd be that would be yeah, that would be interesting. Um Yeah, because he's the right age now to do it and everything. So uh yeah, so then he decides, I don't remember what's the thing that spawns him to like go. He just kind of snaps out of it, and he's like, you know what? I'm done break. He's like, it's time I keep my promises. I promised my son I'm going to be at the parade. I don't have the toy, but I can keep the promise. That's what I'm going to do for him, which, like, is really kind of nice when you think about it because he has to know he's in so much trouble. He didn't get the toy. He fucked up royally. He missed the karate class. He's missed the whole day. He's like, well, I'm going to own up to it. I'm going to, you know, accept responsibility and I'm going to show up because I said that I would. And I was like, okay, well, I can respect that. So he like shows up to the parade and he immediately has a run in with this cop that he's just been, you know, playing chicken with all around town all day long. (laughs) And the cop starts chasing him and Arnold ends up like ducking into an alleyway and then into a door to get rid of him. And the, the place that he stumbles into, there's... Um, chaos and a bunch of people working with headsets and moving parts going around and people just start talking to him like oh thank god you're finally here and they start like stripping him down and putting him into a costume and I think you all know where this is going yeah. wink <laughs> is this the part of the movie that you fell out of favor with it no and you know what I'm still, <laughs> I'm still like when I, I was I was more proud of myself than I should have been figuring out very early on in this movie that like, okay, they must have cast him because he looks kind of like Turbo Man. So at some point he's going to end up dressing up like Turbo Man. And then he did. And I was like disproportionately pleased with myself that I figured that out. I'm like, this is a kid's movie. I don't think that was supposed to be a big reveal or like a shocking plot twist. Like it's not, you shouldn't be proud of the fact that you figured that out. <laughs> that you really should be. No, you you, um, you thought ahead. That's more than some people would. That's good. Thank you. So he ends up being dressed as Turbo Man. He doesn't try to fight it at all. He doesn't try to say, like, I don't know what you're talking about. What's happening? He, he does a little. Up, yeah, he just ends up on this float in the middle of this huge Christmas parade, which, by the way, that's not a thing I'm familiar with in any capacity. Like, there were no Christmas parades where I grew up. I did not really realize that was a thing. Um, There... 
I've lived in places that have had Christmas parades before, um, but I also never to this was the this rivaled Macy's. This is supposed to be a random Christmas parade. What they, they don't even call it the Christmas parade. They call it the uh, Wintertainment Parade. Yeah, which is a very awkward name in my opinion. Yeah, and um, the moderator of the parade um, was news anchors and the weatherman well, named Gail Force. <laughs> best name ever. I wrote that down. I was like, oh my God, give whoever thought of that like all of the money for this script because that's the funniest name I've ever heard. And it was a man. I, a man named Gale Force. That's fantastic. Well, that's the thing is, I wondered if these were real news anchors because they spent a unusual amount of time focusing on these two, and they weren't actors I'd recognize, but they had a very news anchor quality about them. So I was like, I wonder if these are actual like St. Paul news anchors. Um, I should look oh, it up. Man. We should we should find out. Um, yeah. So they. Uh, so yeah, Arnold is like thrust into this situation. He is now pl- being Turbo Man. Um, in the in this ju- this parade is absolutely insane. Like the I can't imagine the budget. It it was it was basically the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but like for this small town. Well, and they were all like accurate characters. Like they weren't like off brand characters. Like there was the Cat in the Hat. It was the actual Cat in the Hat. There was a Teenage <laughs> Ninja Turtle that was a Ninja Turtle. There was a terrifying Cabbage Patch doll which I wrote down because that creeped me the fuck out. It was like a human-sized Cabbage Patch doll. I did not like it. Um, I'm unhappy that I saw it. Just to clarify, when Tiffany says the actual cat in the hat was in the parade, um, she doesn't mean that it was the actual cartoon character. It was like the official licensed costumes. Oh, yes, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it wasn't an actual Cabbage no Patch doll. No one was confused. <laughs> like, this movie is off the rails, but it's not quite, like, it's not quite that off the rails. But, yeah, it was, it was the all, like, the official costumes. Um, and then there was, like, Bert and Ernie, and... Um, oh, you can't forget the giant box of Crayola crayons. Yeah, there was just crayons. There was, um, oh, there was a creepy Madeline... Yeah, it it was, but these were the actual characters, and they were all just clustered together. It was so, it was, apparently, I've read that this scene alone just took three weeks to film. I mean, it was chaotic. It was massive. Like, so many literal moving parts, because there were actual floats. There were bands, like, marching bands. There was the crowd. It was, it was a huge scale production, for sure. It did not need to be that big. It could have been a small little local, no, they went hard on this. That's where all the budget went. Um, I'm okay with it. Yeah. But yeah, so this, I was like, oh my god, I want to go to this parade. This is fantastic. Um, So yeah, so, but the big, not, Santa's not the final piece. It's, Turbo Man is the final float, the big, um, the big tuna at the end. Like, yes. Yeah. And Arnold is now up there and there was a running gag that we never talked about throughout this whole movie that like really comes to play here that I, I thought was so ridiculous. It made me laugh because I feel like it's very true to life. Like for whatever reason, everyone was buying up the Turbo Man doll. Turbo Man doll out of stock literally everywhere. His sidekick, the Sabretooth Tiger Booster, was fully in stock. You they, you could not pay people to buy it. Like, no one was buying the Booster doll. And so, like, throughout the whole movie, there were running jokes about, like, we don't want that doll. That doll sucks. 
And at one point, like, Booster, the, the guy in the Booster suit gets knocked down, and people just start attacking him and, like, saying things like, we hate Booster, like, we don't want you here, kind of a thing. And I thought that was so funny. I felt bad for the guy. <laughs> So I, mean, I thought it was funny. I mean, they play him like he's like this like middle-aged chain-smoking asshole like who's in the costume. But yeah, just all these people needlessly being violent. It's it was horrifying. Um, this poor mascot. <laughs> but and he he is somebody, wasn't he? Like that's the guy. He was in a bunch of movies around that time. Um, he was familiar. Oh, what was his name? That is going to drive me crazy. Oh God! I don't know. He he, he was he was like an Artie Lang type, but it wasn't Artie Lang. No. Okay. But no, we'll come back to it. Yeah. So so okay. So what happens then? So so they have um, Turbo Man is there, and there's a Turbo Man doll that appears. That is like he gets to give away. He gives away to one lucky kid, and wouldn't you know, his son is right in the front. And so he yeah. He calls his son over, so they turn up the microphone, and he just goes, Jamie, which, at that <laughs> at that point, if you don't know it's your Austrian husband or father. No, there's an explanation for this. Remember when he was getting put into the suit, the guy was talking about the voice modulator is working. So, like, his voice was coming out supposedly sounding like Turbo Man's. So I can understand them not recognizing the voice, however... His face was only covered by, like, a see-through yellow face shield. So they should have recognized his face. Yeah, he was essentially wearing just basically sunglasses, but not even that obscured. Like... Like a visor. He was wearing a visor. Yeah. And and so the, Jamie comes up... So, okay, what point at this movie did it actually lose you? Or am I still jumping too far ahead? It, we're almost there. Um, I bet you're thinking maybe it's when... He calls his son up there to give him the toy, and then Booster whispers to him, now's the part where Dementor is going to come in here and you're going to have this choreographed fight scene. And then we cut to the guy playing Dementor, and we see him get knocked out, and Sinbad has somehow taken him out, put on the suit that fits him also perfectly, and um, zip lines down with no training to the float, and gets into a fight with Arnold where he um, detaches his hand from his body to punch him in the face, and then it reattaches. That's still not the part that lost me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was still into it, but that's what's going on. So now Sinbad is down there dressed as the, as the villain trying to steal this doll right. from the little child that has it. But and Arnold stuffs the doll into his son's backpack so that he can't like physically re- take it off of him. Um, yes. And then, and then the all the people like I don't I don't remember man I I literally watched this last night and I don't remember these <laughs> these people like so all of the, the little minions that you saw in the opening scene of the movie where it's like all the 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 bad guys minions come in and attack him. And so all these people yeah. come out of the float and start attacking Arnold. And then Jake Lloyd, uh, the little kid, runs with, runs away from Sinbad. Cause so Sinbad's still chasing him. So he just runs through the parade route to evade him. Yes. And they end up like on the roof of a building. Yeah. And they're having uh... this altercation where Jake Lloyd, I mean, he's a kid, so whatever. But I guess he decides the best course of action is to climb a 
wire-framed Christmas tree decoration that's on the roof of this building. So he's climbing that, and then Sinbad follows him up on that. And obviously, their weight is too heavy, and this tree tips, and everyone starts freaking out because they see this kid and grown man dangling from this. But it's kind of like the casual freak out where you're like, oh, this is probably still part of the show, so I don't know how actively scared we have to be, which may be like, explains why I don't feel like his mom was as alarmed as she should be when she saw her son hanging from this. But here it is. This is the part that lost me. It's when his son calls down to him to like use his jetpack, And my mind goes, excuse me, what the fuck? And so then Arnold like hits a button and has a fully functional working jetpack that can propel him a massive grown human adult man with no training, like, flying through the air and like the fact that it's a jetpack alone doesn't necessarily lose me but the fact that there's a functional jetpack in this society and like no one's talking about it and not everybody is using one to get around <laughs> that is where this movie lost me and it's because just they pl- have the technology and they're not using it and i couldn't get over that and when we say jetpack we don't mean like there are jetpacks nowadays, technically, and they'll go maybe, like, you can go, like, 100, 200 feet up in the air, and, like, it runs out of steam after two or three minutes. Like, this is, it takes Arnold Schwarzenegger almost to space. Yes, he <laughs> basically, like, breaks the sound barrier or whatever. Like, he goes all the way through the atmosphere, like, so high with this jetpack that he, again, I would love to stress one more time, has no training on how to use whatsoever. <laughs> yes. And this thing is, yeah. He does have a few mishaps, but like he handles himself quite well with this jetpack, which again leads me to think that this is a normal thing in this universe and no one's talking about it. And I don't believe that for a second. He manages to f- go through an apartment, like a family, by the way, this is early afternoon, apparently. This, apparently, this, they posit that this entire movie takes place within the course of about three or four hours. Shenanigans. Yeah, but, so there's a family sitting down to dinner, and they're praying. Meanwhile, they have this perfect view of the world's greatest parade, and they're not even paying attention. They've got two windows facing the parade. Arnold Schwarzenegger just slams through the glass, goes across their dinner table and they're just like what the heck um and then he runs headfirst into a wall going full speed and he's fine he just shakes it off yeah he was okay they have like that little cartoon birdie sound effect when he hits his head i'm like this man's dead like this isn't a joke (laughs) yeah so then he finally gets control of the thing he manages to uh I don't know, knockout Sinbad. Yeah, I think he uses his boomerang, which I don't think anyone has ever used the boomerang successfully on their first try ever, but Arnold does because he's cool as hell. He's Arnold. Um, Yeah, he's Arnold. So, of course, that makes sense. That that checks out for me that he can use a boomerang. So he, like, manages to get Sinbad away from his kid, and then his kid starts falling, and then he, like, uses the jetpack again to save him. And um, but, But Sinbad has taken the doll from the kid at this point. Right, but they then get the doll back at the end. Everyone's cheering. The whole parade is excited, and then they get the doll back. But then Jake Lloyd is so excited, he just goes, "You know what?" He gives the doll back to Sinbad. Yeah, which is like Sinbad's being dragged away in handcuffs, um, like 
presumably going to jail for, I don't know, setting off a bomb in a radio station, um, bodily harm to a police officer, kidnapping and knocking out the guy in the Dementor suit, trying to kill a child. Like, for a lot, he's going to jail for a while. Oh, yeah. And Jake Lloyd is like, he deserves the doll. That's fine. Oh, because we forgot to mention, um, he's really feeling sad, the kid. And, and his mom's like, why are you sad? And he's like, I just wish dad was here to have seen me fly. And then Turbo Man takes off his helmet and he's like, I am your dad. And like Jake Lloyd loses his mind and Rita Wilson immediately gets like the biggest lady boner I've ever seen. Um, and so Jake Lloyd is like, yeah, Myron, you can have this doll because my dad is Turbo Man. Right. I don't need the doll. Like, All right. <laughs> Seems like a pretty waste, waste of a movie, but like, okay. But, but here's the thing that I did like is that they never, this was never... Jamie's he's the one that instigated this with by asking his dad to get him the doll and it's clear that he's a huge fan of Turbo Man but that's the only other time he mentions the doll is when he says hey like can you get me this for Christmas um so it's not like the whole movie the, the whole movie Jamie is only concerned about his dad being there he never mentions the doll again and so yeah. it's not like he's being an obnoxious brat and he's like forcing it's like just it's purely on Arnold that he is going through all of this chaos to get this doll because it's it's like a thing for him to try to prove to his kid but he doesn't realize the whole time that he didn't even need to go through all this if he had just been there the whole time his son would have been just as happy if not more so so what a lesson what a lesson so the second the kid gets the doll he's just like oh that's awesome but you deserve it more than I do. Like, and I was like, oh, that's a sweet kid. He's, uh, you know. Yeah, it was a very good, good kid. A good ending. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, we, well, I don't know. We're getting kind of late here. But, like, we, we didn't even mention the whole Phil Hartman makes his move on Rita Wilson. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Definitely like. It's not here for it. It's yeah. He he is in the car with her at the parade and like tries to seduce her and it's like you you just admit your feel like and he was doing that annoying thing that some guys do where like she's Rita Wilson's like no I'm fine and he's like no you're not I can tell you're not you're scared and she's like no really I'm fine and he's like no 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 you're just like you just need me to hold you and she just looks very upset about the entire thing and she hits him in the face with a mug full of eggnog which was great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so Ted is now a gone. Um, and, yeah, oh, and then the end, I did like the end scene, I will say. Did you, yeah, did you stick around for the post credit scene? I did. Well, the way that I watched this on TBS, and they, they had it so that it was, like, the actual last scene in the movie. At least I'm assuming it's the same scene. Yeah, my, mine came after the credits, um, but it was basically him hanging the star on top of the tree having a nice little moment with his wife yeah i was gonna let you talk about it oh if you, wanted to, so you brought it up he he finally gets the the tree on the the star on the tree as they had mentioned earlier that's like his thing and um rita wilson is like so happy he's there and like jamie's happy even though i don't he never even ends up getting the turbo man doll yeah but he doesn't care his dad's there and so then she goes, oh, so you've gone through all this trouble to get him a gift. So now I'm wondering, what did you get from me? And then they do, like, the zoom in on Arnold's face and the <gasps> whatever. And well, that... his face was, like, the epitome of, like, what? <laughs> like, like, the big eyes and, like, 
jaw drop, like, oh my god. And it was like a freeze frame on that. And it was like the perfect ending. Which is kind of funny, because, yeah, what did he get for his wife? Nothing, apparently. Apparently. Yeah, apparently oh they were god. trying to set up a, a sequel potential there. But, um, didn't pan out, I guess. Yet. Can you imagine if, like, five years from now they announce that they're making a sequel of this? Like, they did make a jingle all the way, too. I saw, but it was starring Larry the Cable Guy. Of course and I don't it think it was, like, the same universe as this one. Like, it wasn't about Turbo Man or anything. No, you gotta do, like, a reboot. Like, yeah, you can't... Yeah, it's like the Halloween sequel. Like, you just have to ignore all the ones in the middle. Just, like, pretend that they never happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it could be, like, him getting a gift for his grandkid. Although, yeah, but with online shopping nowadays, this kind of stuff doesn't happen as much anymore, thank God. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but, um, so yeah, so that was Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way? I don't think they ever said that in the movie once, either. I don't think they ever said the movie title in the movie. So I wonder why they picked it as the title. Okay. yeah, it, it is kind of random. It doesn't, it doesn't, like, jingling, j- wh- yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's just the lyric from whatever, Jingle Bells. I guess. Well, so what did, what did you think? I feel like we might have very differing opinions. Um, did this hold up for you? Did you enjoy it more as an adult than the memory you had of it as a kid? I enjoyed it more as an adult because um, th- this this cast is completely stacked. Um, and I didn't, I didn't appreciate it at the time. So not only do you have Arnold and Rita Wilson and Phil Hartman, you have, uh, you know, the Belushi guy, you've got, um, Sinbad. Sinbad and Chris Parnell also. Oh yeah. The cameo by baby Chris Parnell. And you've got Martin Mull in a scene. Martin Mull. Yeah. I didn't re- at the time I didn't appreciate how good this cast was and they all, don't have to go as hard as they do, but they do. Um, yeah, they're I, having I, a ball. Yeah, they are. And so I liked that it was. There was little offhanded jokes that I, as a kid, didn't appreciate that went over my head. I will say though, it did. If this scale, if this movie had been scaled back twenty five percent in the absurdity, I would have. I think this would have been a classic, like renowned. Everyone watches it every single year. Um, it's just the, the Santa Claus scene of in the warehouse, the whole jetpack insanity. Um, if it had been not grounded, but just heightened reality, I think this movie would have been fantastic. Yeah. But it's just like, they went, they went too overboard in some scenes where to the point where it was cringy and ridiculous. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I've never even... When it was of the time, I've always hated 90s cinematography. Yeah. It's, I hate, I hate a fisheye lens. Do not give me a fisheye lens. I will revolt. <laughs> um, yeah, that sort of zany, like zany zooming in on his face at the end. It worked for that shop in general. I'm not a fan of that camera move. Um, yeah. Random, random Dutch angles for no reason. Like all this felt just so '90s and just chaotic. And like, oh, that stuff like when he's flying through the air, but he's like sped up in like hyper fast speed. Yeah, I hate that. Even as a kid, I hated it because I remember thinking it just looked so ugly. Um, so yeah. That's fair. So if this had been, if this was remade today and it was like 
more polished. Yeah, I would have said like, this is fantastic. But as is, I'm going to give it a six just because I could okay. see the potential in there, but it's just not quite there. Okay. What about you? Well, I mean, I, I didn't have uh, this, like a frame of reference for this really. Like it always was something I knew about, but never had seen. And so going into it as an adult, um, and like, I, I mean, I feel like I should preface by saying like, I am a very big, like, unironic fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. Like, and I, I just, I love him. I find him so charming and endearing. And uh, I've recently been, like, going back and watching a lot of his movies that I've never seen before, just for fun, because it's quarantine. What else am I going to do? <laughs> so, like, I, the one I watched of his right before this was True Lies, which oh. I've never seen. It's great. That's a but great so I was movie. Just, like, I'm a big Arnold fan, and it was just so fun for me to see him in, like, a capacity that's unfamiliar to what I'm used to seeing him do. Do you know what I mean? So I enjoyed seeing him be like the dad and like, I feel like if, if it wasn't for the fact that he was going to be dressed up like Turbo Man at the end, this is easily a role that would have been, would have gone to like a Tim Allen or someone like that instead. So it was interesting to see Arnold in that kind of a role. I enjoyed the premise. Sinbad was really funny. I thought they had good chemistry together. So for me, like I thoroughly enjoyed this and like, it wasn't until the jetpack did I question like what I was watching, which was like only five minutes left in the movie. So, I mean, I would probably like sincerely give this like at least an eight. Like I really liked this movie a lot (laughs) and I might watch it again, like every Christmas for the rest of my life. Do it. I believe in you. Thank you. I might. I, I thought it was just, it was a lot of fun. I didn't really have high expectations. And so maybe that's also what benefited me. Do you know what I mean? Because I was just expecting it to be silly and enjoyable. And it was. Yeah. No, that's that good on you. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it, yeah, it's, I think I just, it, I'm just bummed up, bummed out by the potential. But um, yeah, no, I mean, Arnold, I that. Arnold's super uh, charismatic. And um, yeah, it's, it, it he does a good job. Well, I think that was the reason he took the part I read because it was the it's the very first time he's ever had a role that wasn't him as an action hero. And he was like, oh, I just get to be a dad. That's fun. Like, Yeah, I mean, I think it was like one of his first... Well, it wasn't twins before this, I feel like. But yes. Regardless, he hadn't had a lot of like comedy necessarily under his belt or like just playing like a regular dude. Yeah. yeah. So that was very fun to see. And so I, I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought this was a, a good pick for a Christmas movie. Yeah. And I did appreciate that it was a nationality blind casting choice. Yeah. He's, he's playing an American guy. His name is like Howard Johnson. Langston, I think. Yeah. And it's like nobody comments on the fact that he has very clearly a very thick Austrian accent. Nobody notices. I was like, yeah, but you know, I, I appreciate that because I always get irritated, not just with him, but like with any um, person who's like an actor or, or I guess even in real life that has like a thick accent like that and people make fun of it. I'm like, well, what other language do you speak other than English? And you're making fun of someone who's speaking English perfectly, yeah, vocabulary wise, but just has a slightly different accent than you. Like you couldn't go to where they're from and fit in. You know, oh, true. That way. <laughs> I, I, so just, I always feel like he gets a bad rap for that. No, no, no. So it, it wasn't like I was expecting people to make fun of it. Just like, even if it had just been an offhanded comment of like, oh, when I was a boy in Austria, like, or something yeah. like that, like just to acknowledge it. But like, no, no, it's just, he's just an American man. He's just a dad, American dad. He's just a hapless dad. Yeah. A Midwestern dad. Good for him. 
Good for good for Arnold, you know. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's jingle all the way. Um, Whoa, thorough what analysis. What a nice holiday treat. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Me too. I'm glad that um, you enjoyed it too as an adult. Yeah, I mean, not, not as, as much, much as you. Me, but more than when you were a kid, it sounds like. So sure. That's something. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm slightly less cynical now than I was in middle school, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, so good good talk. Uh, <laughs> good, good Christmas talk. I feel very in the, uh, in the holiday spirit now. Oh, um, good. Yeah, so, you know, thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and follow Caitlin on Twitter. She's a very funny lady. She's sure. at Duffasaurus underscore rex yeah and tiffany's on twitter not nope not on twitter you're on instagram i'm on instagram i'm on twitter but i don't tweet i just lurk and like other people's tweets that's it that's the smart choice really yeah but yeah you can follow me on instagram if you want i post pictures every once in a while yeah and you're tsoul8 tsoul8 uh yeah that's that's all i gotta say about jingle all the way so. I think so too. Um, I miss you. This quarantine uh, Christmas has been very strange, not getting to do this in person. Yeah. But I'm glad that we're still making it happen. And I hope that all of our listeners have a lovely holiday and stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Yes. Ditto to Tiffany. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy holidays. Everyone, <laughs> uh, be good. Have a good new year. And let's hope for a better 2021 i mean honestly i I, it can't be worse and i feel comfortable saying it (laughs) truly cannot be worse than 2020 right the bar is very low so it will be a better year just uh hang in there folks yeah yeah for sure all right right. thanks for listening that's all i got yeah yeah i'm tiffany i'm caitlin see you later bye bye